Hi, I'm just cutting in here to give you a trigger warning. We will be discussing topics such as suicide and coercion. If that's not something that is your cup of tea, you can skip to next week and we will see you then. Uh, I will include information regarding suicide prevention in the show notes so that if you or anyone that you know is experiencing these thoughts and feelings, you can get some help. Thank you. Hi, this is your host, Julian Rushbrook, for History Most Queer. Now, if you remember from last week's episode, we were going to begin a series on queer British royals. Uh, and this was in honor of King Charles' coronation, which is coming up in May. However, a recent event has occurred that I think requires our attention right now. So the royals episodes will begin next week. So what we're going to be talking about today is the recent death of Eden Knight. She was a Saudi national who had been living in the United States for a few years and was a student in Georgia. And for this topic, I'm going to have one of my friends here on the show and my friend happens to also be a Saudi national, so he can provide quite a bit of relevant um, context to this particular story. So I would like to introduce you to my friend, Alif Fa. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me over. This is a topic that does not get discussed as much as we want. Uh, especially since the Middle East has a lot of issues and problems and there are a lot of minorities uh, that uh, do not get justice. So yeah, I'm looking forward to provide my insight and help out everyone. Yeah, I think that it's going to be uh, an inter interesting discussion. Now, you turned me on to this story a few days ago, and so I kind of wanted to provide a bit of a brief history of what's going on with Eden Knight. So she was a 23-year-old um, Saudi national, which I, I mentioned before, and she was a student at George Mason University in Virginia, where she was studying computer sciences. After an issue with her scholarship, she moved to Georgia uh, and lived with a friend named Bailey, who was committed to helping her stay in the United States. So Eden began the process of transitioning uh, during the pandemic. And it was in 2022 that she was connected with some American fixers who were alleged to have been hired by her parents. They put her in contact with a Saudi lawyer and she moved to Washington, D.C. She was hoping to claim political asylum in the United States. The fixers, in collaboration with the Saudi lawyer, are alleged to have convinced Eden to return to Saudi Arabia, where she was forced to detransition. 
Her family took away her HRT, her hormone replacement therapy, and had her cut her hair and change her wardrobe. She posted a message on Twitter that was set up in advance that she was going to kill herself. And according to information um, provided by some of her family, her body was found on Monday the 13th of March. So this is still a developing story and we'll kind of get into more of this stuff. So some of this information is, again, I'm using the word allegedly a lot because we don't have 100% firm concrete facts. So I thought I would turn this over a little bit to you, Elif. What were your thoughts when you first became aware of this story? I was very sad and disheartened and also um, I'm kind of like uh, as a person who's also um, seeking asylum in the West, uh, I there's some uh, like a, a relatability, like I'm relating to this story a lot since uh, it's, yeah, it's a real thing. People do not know that uh, stuff like this are common. Okay, so I wanted to let the listeners know that um, you, so yeah, you are seeking asylum and that like right now the name that you're using, Alif, is not actually your real name because you're wanting to keep your identity private, which is understandable, especially considering the situation that we're talking about. So I wonder if you could elaborate a little bit on your particular situation. Why are you seeking asylum um, in the United States? Yeah. So I'm seeking uh, asylum uh, in the U.S. Uh, due to the fact that Saudi Arabia is a, a very uh, oppressive country and uh, there's a lot of uh, crimes towards the LGBT community, uh, which I happen to be part of. Um, and uh, uh, the, the being LGBT is punishable by death. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's really sad because you you do not uh, like anyone in the LGBT community. You do not choose to be LGBT. You just like it's just happened. It could happen to anyone, any group, from any color, any part of the world, uh, including the part of the world where it's uh, dangerous to be LGBTQ. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm currently, I, I'm, I'm like very lucky to be able to connect to uh, various uh, LGBT support groups um, like uh, the Rainbow Roads and uh, also the Human Rights Campaign, uh, Immigration Equality. And uh, so far, the process is very tedious and it's time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, as you know, uh, there were a lot of turbulence in, when it comes to the political atmosphere in the U.S. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, no lie. That's no lie. <laughs> and it, it, it also affects all of us, including the ones who are uh, LGBT from other countries trying to seek protection in the middle of this storm. <laughs> so for you, what was life like in Saudi Arabia before coming to the United States? 
Yeah, so life over there was very strict, especially um, during the moral police, um, the curriculum that I've gone through, the public education is very theocracy, uh, theocracy based. Uh, there's like a lot of uh, like a Quranic verses, even in science book, there's a lot of uh, uh, sculpting uh, when it comes to individuality and making sure that everybody is uh, one type. Uh, and everything over there is very uh, totalitarian and there's no uh, freedom when it comes to gender expression. Uh, there's no protection when it comes to uh, anything related to LGBT uh, rights. Uh, it's nothing that you like heard of at all. Um, maybe recently with the exposure uh, to uh, with the internet and everything, but overall, it's something that is only uh, you only see in uh, the story of. Uh, 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 a lot, uh, uh, the prophet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. from the Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's uh, it's considered something as a foreign. Even though I believe with any culture, uh, LGBT always existed, and they were they were always around. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast: is letting people know that we're not some sort of new. Thing that happened after 1969 like <laughs> we've been here for forever yeah at least a few years before 1969 and, and even yeah before the whole story about Sodom and Gomorrah <laughs> we were around and we were we're the best people we're the coolest people around <laughs> I'm convinced that most of the stegosaurs were gay but um so you mentioned moral police is that kind of like the police in Iran that, you know, they'll block you up if a bit of hair comes out of, you know, a veil or something like that. It's a similar type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they roll around, uh, even though, like, people say, like, it's not a big deal. Uh, they were always around. They, they used to go around and they dictate what you wear, what you, uh, like, uh, if you do not, uh, if there's a, a dam, the call for prayer, and the... Uh, you do not go to mosque, they chase you there. Even though some people are saying recently that they dismantled the moral police, but there's still a lot of the effects. It's just because it's not on paper, it does not mean it does not exist. Mm. So what are the gender roles like in Saudi Arabia? So yeah, uh, gender roles are very strict. Like I think in Saudi Arabia, uh, you basically uh, like only have that one mold that you have to fit into. Uh, there's no uh, gender equality. Um, uh, men are expected to be the breadwinners and to be the 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 major patriarch of all of all. Um, women, they're expected to be good wives. Um, like even there's a lot of uh, hadith that, that is basically stating that uh, a female should bow down uh, like a prayer to her husband. So it's very strict when it comes to uh, like uh, roles, when it comes to gender. So you cannot be 
neither or in between. It's very particular and it's very dangerous. It sounds very rigid. And, and, and I remember hearing recently that women were finally allowed to be able to drive in Saudi Arabia. Correct, yeah. In the 21st century, it's kind of yeah, wild. Yeah, and I remember seeing that on the news and I remember whoever was the speaker was like, oh, expecting applause. <laughs> but, <laughs> but women been driving for you know cars and the rest of the world easily like right. since the beginning of you know since the invention of cars and transportation i remember seeing something where a queen elizabeth ii drove the saudi king and i i'm pretty sure that his brain probably exploded a little yeah. bit <laughs> exactly but yeah, it's kind of, it's not only like LGBT issues, also uh, uh, women's rights issue. It's very connected, uh, I believe. Uh, and uh, yeah, for sure. There's always the saying of like, if you're a woman in Saudi Arabia, you're a queen. But so that's the, the thing. Like they always say that, oh, women should not drive because they are queens. But also uh, the objectification, calling a woman uh, Johara, a diamond. Mm. So, uh, but it's a person who is capable of, you know, uh, doing their own thing and should be, have the same rights as every, as any, anyone else. But there was a lot of that comes into the restriction. Like you, yeah. Saudi Arabia practices arranged marriages. Hmm. I think you've told me before. Yeah. Uh, like your parents, their marriage was arranged, yes. your siblings. Um, tell me a little bit about what that in your family even has mm -hmm. led to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's uh, arranged marriage is uh, something that is uh, very common uh, because it's uh, you're not just marrying a person in Saudi Arabia, you're also marrying the family, the tribe, so it's a very tribal society, and there's a certain expectation of like, you cannot marry uh, like, uh, just because you, you must uh, be vetted, you must be from a certain family, and that comes with the benefit as well. Yeah, mm. And uh, if you are LGBT, there's no arranged marriage for us <laughs> well, over <yeah>. there <laughs> but yeah well they might arrange a marriage but not to someone who you would actually be <laughs> romantically interested in. <laughs> yeah so i have an article here by rolling stone that uh, talks a little bit uh, about this story um I, I guess a friend of eden said that she was quote terrified of violence being done to her although he clarifies that this went beyond her family's attitudes. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia does not recognize transgender identity and thereby effectively criminalizes it alongside homosexuality. Um, Saudi judges have sentenced people to imprisonment and flogging for cross-dressing and other types of gender nonconformity. What kind of violence could her family have done to her besides the taking away of her hairstyle her clothing her hormones yeah i mean it could be anything honestly i think uh, it could be even honor killing because uh, for the tribe uh, the reputation 
the status of the family, knowing this uh, family is also connected to royalties and yeah, it's the, the, you can get killed uh, by your family, parents, uh, relatives. Um, that's very serious thing. So I have another article here that's by the um, Independent. Uh, and I, I just want to cut in real quick and say I will be including links to uh, these articles in the show notes. And I will also have them on the um, Instagram page for um, A History Most Queer. But anyway, in this, uh, in this article, it says that the U.S. government is investigating this suicide um, that occurred to Eden uh, because there are there's this allegation of American fixers being involved in trafficking her back to Saudi Arabia, taking her passport and money and, and things like that. Is this a common thing for the Saudi government to try to, or for family members in Saudi Arabia to reach out in other countries to affect the lives of people who originated in Saudi Arabia who are now living in, say, Britain or the United States or Canada? Yeah, so just by looking at Twitter, I've seen a lot of uh, targeting towards people living in the West, um, anybody who's a dissident, um, Saudi Arabia have sent people like the even like the journalist from yeah. before, Jamal Khashoggi. Yeah. Um, it's very, yeah, it's, uh, I think Saudi Arabia currently is trying to uh, create uh, like an image uh, to attract the West, but not fully accepting human rights. Um, uh, so they are trying to get in it, the, those like uh, international investors, but there's no, uh, LGBT rights, for example, that's, so there's a lot of like uh, duality mm. <laughs> and hypocrisy in Saudi Arabia when it comes to uh, going on uh, basically enhancement or improvement uh, to the average person over there. Um, so yeah. It sounds familiar for this part of the country where um, I read something recently on a friend's Facebook, and I don't know how old this particular article was that he was referencing, but he was talking about some sort of a battery factory that was supposed to be potentially started up in the state of Oklahoma, and now it's not because of the situation regarding education in this state, uh, LGBTQ plus issues in the state, and so on. Uh, it's a, a microcosm of what's happening in Saudi Arabia. You have an entire country that as time goes by seems to be growing further and further away from the more enlightened sort of viewpoint that other countries around the world are um, achieving. So yeah, uh, going back to what I was saying before about the United States government, uh, looking into all of this, um, it is troubling that Americans were involved in collaborating with this uh, Saudi attorney to mislead Eden Knight. Uh, she thought that she was getting help with 
asylum seeking, so much so that she moved to Washington, D.C. and ended up surrendering her passport and so on to these people, thinking that it was part of the process. It's a little bit horrifying um, that people would do something like this. So hopefully the Justice Department can track down these fixers and hold them accountable. Mm, yeah. I mean, because this is human trafficking, really. Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I just want to, I suppose, start to close this out by saying that, you know, my heart goes out to her chosen family, her friends here in the United States and in Saudi Arabia who are now missing her. Um, I hope that this episode can illuminate a story that's not very out there in the news and hopefully this will get some traction and the Justice Department will actually hold some people accountable for for this injustice. Mm, yeah. But yeah, it is it is very heartbreaking. And uh, you mentioned something that you found on Twitter, mm. um, a post from someone uh, either in Saudi Arabia or of Saudi extraction. Could mm. you read yeah. that or yeah, translate absolutely. it for us? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so the translation is that there's always preference towards the family's reputation over the soul and the well-being of their uh like uh, offspring, like their daughter. Uh, there is uh, this is something that's not new uh, in, uh, in in just society. Uh, we are just uh, like uh, relating to our family. We're just something that can be uh, taking the same way we came to life. And um, that's, it's just like that thing. I brought you into this world, I can take you out. Yeah, I've yeah, exactly. always been bothered by that uh, sentiment. Yeah, sadly, that's something that yeah, uh, people uh, just do not value life when it comes to the well-being of a person. Mm. Uh, pride is something that is running, <laughs> like pride and reputation and tribalism is something mm. that is, yeah. Unfortunately, it's something... Familiar here as well, but with far less deadly consequences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, um, yeah. All right, so I think that that will be it for this episode. I would like to thank my friend again for joining us. Yeah, thank uh, you Elise, for having Thank me. you, and uh, might have you on again if we have other, not yet, when we have other episodes that uh, I'm sure that you're you'd be able to offer some pretty uh, good insight on. Um, Absolutely, yeah, especially it's a unique experience uh, to be part of the world where being LGBT is, isn't something that is criminal and right. can be, uh, yeah, costly when it comes to life. And yeah, uh, I also want to say uh, rest in power, uh, Eden, and hopefully justice will uh, come through and uh, our community is uh, capable and 
nothing can stop us and the future is us. <laughs> I think so too, yeah. All right, well, thank you. And if you want to get in touch with us, um, our email uh, is uh, ahistorymostqueer at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram at ahistorymostqueer. And we will include information on uh, Rainbow Railroad, immigration equality, HRC, and, and so on. And thank you very much, and we'll see you next uh, History Hump Day at A History Most Queer.